Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Horror on the Orient Express is our campaign, and this is episode 47. I'm the GM, and Jeff Wilkins will be giving the recap. So close your eyes and remember that all that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. The players are ready. Let's begin our journey into the darkness. Jeff? Thanks, Tom. Our last episode, our group finds themselves in the dreamlands. We're about to arrive in Ira, and we're sitting in the lounge relaxing. We strike up a conversation with Mac and Karakov. Mac seems troubled with his real life, and Karakov is still hearing the bombs and weapons going off. The train soon arrives at a large open field with a large rock out in the field. We've arrived at Aria, and we'll be staying for roughly two hours. The cats of Ulthar, am I saying that right, Ulthar? Yeah, Ulthar have decided to bury ghost in the ghost of the cat in this area, which Dr. Dawkins is invited to attend the service. The large rock is a sort of a memorial for a shepherd boy named Ironond. It talks of a city that used to be here, but when Ironond lost hope, the city and its people vanished. It advises, quote, Hold fast your dreams, lest they too perish. Henry hopes that by paying respects here and occasionally visiting, that maybe one day the city will rise again. We next are approaching Sona Nail, a beautiful city with unusually high buildings. We're warned that since the city is so beautiful and perfect, that it could be considered a curse and that if you ever want to leave, the gods will feel slighted. Mac decides to leave us here in this city. It's here, too, that we meet King Karanis. Uh, he boards the Dreamlands Express with us. The train soon departs, and shortly we rise to a high archway, and the train then leaps up into the air as we're headed for Seranian. It reminds Rupert of being back in his airplane. We have a nice extravagant dinner where Zusha dances for the king, possibly for the last time. After dinner, we have the situation with the Sarnathians and the Ibians presenting their cases to the king. The king agrees with the Ibians in full. He orders the Sarnathians to pay the amount in rubies, a public apology, and the return of the Ibian statue. We then proceed to inform the king regarding the murder of Ghost the Cat. The king rules that Moranomir is to return to Ulthar with the cats where he must face their judgment, but that they may not kill him because he was taken over by the evil sorcerer. Dr. Keith and Rupert have a talk with Guillaume the Ghoul and learn a bit of information regarding the Dreamlands. And that pretty much brings us up to date. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, as you are flying um, out across the ocean, uh, the sun goes down and the stars come out. And unless you want to do anything before you arrive in Saranian, um, 
we'll just get to that. You arrive there about midnight. Um, the city of Saranian is indeed a city of marble built, mar marble, white marble veined with pink veins uh, on top of white clouds. Um, of course, it's nighttime, and the city is lit up by what appear to be, you know, millions of candle flames and and uh, torchlight. Uh, it it glistens. There's there's gold uh, roofs on the buildings, and it 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 reminds you kind of exactly what heaven would look like if it were nighttime in heaven. <laughs> um, there is a platform on the edge of the city that the train lands on. And with some pomp and circumstance, uh, uh, King Kuranes departs with his entourage and uh, uh, moves out into the city. Uh, you've learned uh, that the king spends about half his time here and half his time in Selephaeus or, or uh, Sunanil. Um, you also notice that the Sarnathians depart at this place. Um, however, the beings of Ib do not. Um, the the train after you finish after you pass the Gulf of Nodens, um, because you are special travelers, because of your ticket, um, because of your your you're going to throw your your totem into the the void um this will be your last if you don't get off here you won't be able to ride the train ever again that's the bargain however some of these beings live in the dreamlands and they can ride the train as much as they want they don't they're not throwing anything into the void so some of them like the ibians remain on board the 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 train because they'll get off when the train returns to some other place wherever they got on um the uh, 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 Mironimer is going to be taken back to Ulthar, which is, in fact, the next stop after the void. Um, that's just the way the train somehow functions, that it's like a big perpetual circle. Um, You've made some friends on board this train, and you've you've had some long discussions with um, the various people on board. Uh, you've made friends with the cats by solving their murder. Uh, you've made friends with the Ibians. Um, you've spoken with Guillaume the ghoul. Um, you've talked at length to Kokolov about his moral dilemmas. Um, you've spoken to Zusha about not giving up her dreams. Um, and you've learned a little bit about Madame Bonaval and whatever she is up to. The train is here in Saranian for two hours. And, um... What would you like to do? I think I'd I'd, um, I'd, I'd um, quite like to uh, 
go abroad for, for an hour and, and have a have a look about. Right. It seems I'll like come a, with you if you don't mind. Wasted, op wasted opportunity, otherwise. Yeah. How often do you? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I want to kind of have a look about. Yeah, if you don't mind the company, I, I'll go with you as yeah, well. The, the more, the merrier. Saranian is an incredibly beautiful city. It's uh, it's filled with uh, fountains and architecture that's spectacular. As I say, most of it seems to be made out of white marble with uh, pink veins. Uh, the people of Saranian are tall and pale, and their hair is almost a white blonde, and they dress in long, elegant robes, but they're not very talkative. They seem very quiet, contemplative. Um, they're, of course, very polite and uh, friendly if there's anything that you need, but they, they seem to be continually distracted by, in their thoughts. And, and uh, the view over the railing down to the sea below is spectacular. Uh, the view looking up at the sky is spectacular with the stars and the. Um, Gosh. Uh, it, it's really a spectacular city. I'm quite content to just spend an hour there soaking up the Atmos, I think. Yes. Back on the dock, you can see that. Um, that. Um, uh, Henry is uh, there's there's once again stuff being loaded and unloaded. Um, it looks like he's trading his uh, cargo for the treasures of Saranian. She has illuminated manuscripts and scrolls uh, recording ancient deeds in unknown tongues. Um, he intends to take these back towards Uther and the other cities. I, um, I ask him before before we step off if he needs anything from. In the city. No, monsieur, thank you. And I must say that it is a pleasure to have come this far with you. Indeed. I feel like I should buy something, but I'm not really sure what I should buy. I came to the Dreamlands and all I got was this t shirt. Yeah. What what happens if we we buy something in in the dreamlands? Is that still? Do we have that in the dreamlands when we return there? Or? Hmm. I was thinking it'd be nice if we had a group photograph and realised we're in the dreamlands. So is there a sketch artist nearby? <laughs> Two quick ones. Yeah. A group a group oil painting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid you're out of time. For that. <laughs> Um, when we get to the waking world, maybe we should have a group photograph done. Um, it's it's a question you don't really know the answer to. However, I mean, you've in your experience, there have been a couple of things that have been able to cross over. It might have a lot to do with your strength, but then you've also tried some experiments, or at least some of the others have, to bring things back and forth, and it doesn't seem to always work. Um. In any case, uh, your hour in Saranian is peaceful, and and uh, you look sort of back on the whole trip that you've taken and all of the things that have, have happened, 
And it's hard to believe that it's all taken place in just a few short hours, you know, over the course of at least three nights. Um, Because it seems like a long time. It seems like it's taken you weeks to travel across the dreamlands. And you hope you can remember it all when you wake up. But you're getting better at remembering it. In any case, um, in that last hour, as you drift back towards the, the platform, um, Henry is there. If you have any more questions for Henry before you move on. Yeah, I was going to ask him if he could tell us what to expect at the Gulf. We haven't gotten any information other than we're just supposed to throw our totem into the ocean, I guess. Is it... Into the abyss, monsieur. Yeah. How should I explain it? We shall we shall travel out over what may be the end of all things, the abyss, the great abyss. And down in the abyss is where Nodens is. And what you are throwing him are for all intents and purposes, we shall call them gifts of payment for your transport on the train. Um, he will take away whatever whatever has troubled you. Um, there is a platform up high, and at that point you will depart the train. You can go to the edge then and throw your totems into the, into the abyss. And there is a bridge, a small, thin little ferry bridge that crosses the other side as you walk along it you'll see there is a door and when you step through the door you will wake wake up and he says now i count you all as friends we have had a good time the best you you will not be able to ride on my train again however you may find your way back into the dreamlands that's my next question in which case I'm in Uther quite a bit. I have a three-hour stop there, and after all of my stuff is loaded, I usually spend time at the cafe with my Russian friend. That'd be a day. So that's where you'll probably find me some of the time. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's a shame it's got to end, really. It's a shame shame it's got to end. Can I ask, too, the event in each of our lives that these totems represent that trouble us Mm -hmm. when we discard them do you know like does that mean do we forget it happens when we wake no it's it's kind of an intangible thing you all you'll never forget what happened but it won't have a hold on you any longer as it is now, it's the thing that keeps you from sleep. It keeps you from moving on with your mm-hmm. lives. I found I could escape my nightmares by going down the staircase. If I went down the staircase into a dream and discovered dreamlands, if I went there, I didn't have my nightmares, you see. Ah, so you have, you have found another way in. A long time ago, but... That it's quite, quite, still quite a shock to find everybody else here in a weird kind of way. It's like it's finding your own 
little Alice in Wonderland, and then we can actually get very find everybody knows about it. There have been there have been few who have found it, and one of the ways mm. I've heard of is the seven hundred steps down to the cavern of flame. Past the two guardians. Past the two guardians. Um, that's one way in. That brings you out actually fairly close to Uther, uh, in the forest there, the the Zug forest. Mm. But there's also drugs. Well, that's how I stumbled across it. Really. I fell into a deep sleep and. Like I say, yeah, I, I kept having these terrible nightmares of the war. But if I went down the staircase, I got a good night's sleep. Mm. So I've always learned to go down the staircase. But very few people ever get here at all. Most people... The trick is getting to, getting to stay. Indeed. That's the trick. That's why you always have the advantage over someone like me. It's because you live here. I can only visit. Hmm. Indeed. Well, messieurs, we are almost finished packing. Tom, can I spend some time trying to create a ruby? Sure. Do I need to roll for that? Uh, go ahead. Would that be dreaming or dreaming lore? Dreaming. dreaming. Only 24. Nope, 51. Okay. But you're practicing. <laughs> it's a nice red rock. What are your what are your uh what are your various dreamings levels? What do you mean? Well how much we have in it. Yeah, how much do you have in your dream? Oh 20, uh, yeah, 29. Yeah, yeah 24 and 44. Uh, dream, dreaming, I have 30. Okay. Can we help him at all? Quite, in quite successful with my rolls. Can I talk Dr. Dawkins to making a ruby for me? I could try. Not for me, for my wife. I want to bring her something. I could try. Make it big. Ooh. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> yes, once again, Dr. Dawkins just goes flying. Blowing those fingers. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> It's about the size of a dime. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm to find my way back to the dreamlands after all this. Shelf smooth. <laughs> that, was so, that was just so smooth, wasn't it? Oh, you want the gemstone. That's exactly, exactly what he did with the other thing. <laughs> nice one. I am going to go ahead and allow you to do a skill roll on dreaming. One last one before we depart. Um, roll for your skill, and if you fail it, then you may roll a d10 and add. And I fail it. Nice. 84, that's a fail. Fail for me, too. All right, so you failed it, roll a d10 and add that to your... Wow. And I roll a 24. one. Uh, eight. Eight. <laughs> All right, so that's 45. Brings me up to an even 30. All right. Um, uh, Henry suggests that you stay on the observation platform. The view is spectacular when you go. All right. 
So you're all back on board. Actually, you know what? Sorry, I have another question for Henry. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. It's just been nagging at me almost the entire trip. Um, I can't help but notice, Henry, that when I look at my ticket, it says, Rejoice, O, rejoice, o Nodens, Lord of the Deep Water, Master of the Abysmal Gulf. And just then you told you were talking to Rupert and you talked about one of the ways to get to the dreamland is to go down a series of steps into something about the flames you said the cavern of flames yes cavern of flames there's a picture on the ticket of a pitchfork or a trident yes in in the in the human world in our world we associate nodens mostly with neptune or poseidon poseidon, poseidon. Okay. Gosh. So, yes, the, the trident is uh, sort of his symbol. Because I kept getting imagery of a different sort of god. You were thinking of perhaps the devil? Yeah. Am okay. I off base then, I take it? Yes, sure. It's, okay. It's not the devil. <laughs> I hope not. That could ruin the day, couldn't it? Exactly. That was kind of my point. All right, I can ruin it easy then. That would, mean, that would mean that all of this has been a ruse just to get you to burn forever. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was wondering. No, that's, that's not the case. Uh, that's kind of like deus ex machina, but the opposite, I guess. Um, GM doesn't lie to you. Um, all right. So you all get back on board. And you are on the observation platform when the train begins to move. Now, the platform that the the, uh, the platform the the train platform that you guys are are parked on is not very long. So the 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 the, the beast is going to uh, very quickly get up to speed and make another leap into the sky. Um. You very quickly see the um, the city of Saranian disappear behind you, and you see up ahead of you in the darkness a wall of mist, and you begin to hear a roaring sound like water rushing. But I would like you all to do spot hidden holes. Nope. No, no. <laughs> I did too. Fifteen. Okay. You got a uh, Frank. You got a fifteen, and Doctor Theo, you got a thirty. Thirty. Okay. Out of forty-five or forty-seven. So, uh, as as the the as the train leaps into the air, and you're flying towards the wall of mist. Um. All of you are looking forward, except for Frank and Dr. Theo. And Frank, you're looking back towards the city of Saranian. And you notice it first, but you immediately grab Dr. Theo and point it out that there is something off in the distance there flying in your direction. They look like gigantic 
birds. Do they do they look like the creature that uh, took that sorcerer away? In a way, but much larger. And just as you're about to sort of confirm that, and you can see almost that there are storm clouds following behind these birds as they're flying towards you. Um, you hit the wall of mist. And for a number of seconds, you find yourself in billowing mist, and the roar is getting louder and louder and louder. And suddenly you break through this wall of mist. And what you're looking down at is a gigantic maelstrom, a huge whirlpool, and all of the oceans of the whole world are pouring down into this infinite abyss of darkness down below. But you can see stars down below and stars up above, and you can see nebula and galaxies and all of this, and, you're, and it, it seems like you're almost motionless flying in this this void, this dark void. And it's and the roar of the water pouring down is is amazing. But you're flying away from that. You're flying out over a vast gulf of nothingness with of darkness. Well, you can still see stars and things like that. Um, this must be the Gulf of Nodens. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, all of a sudden, Karakov comes running out of, he was like in one of his rooms, in, in his room. He comes running out onto the observation platform, holding his head, and he says, he says, they're after me. He says, I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, you guys can hear what sound like, horses or hoof hoof beats and gunshots going off in the distance what sound like gunshots of all things you can hear what he's claiming to be able to hear and he says he says they are coming for me uh the all of the dead that i have ever killed and by by selling my arms uh you know to to both sides um i grab him by by his collar and i and i have him you know try to turn him around to look at me and i say it's time it's time for you to be rid of your burden it's time throw it into the the gulf remember what his burden what the what's in the crate is his guilt right Throw it into the... Yeah, but oh. if he gives up his guilt, then he's just going to wake up and be like, yeah, fuck all those people that I killed. I think he needs to deal with his guilt. However, just as you guys are thinking that, suddenly along the sides of the train appear what look like Russian Cossacks in... Uh, in you know full battle armor swinging swords and uh moving to attack the train are they supposed to be there? and you can see on their foreheads there is the symbol of like a money a pound 
Um, if you recall, he he once confessed that somebody said once that he's made a a, a pound for every uh, every person that he's killed by selling arms. Mm. These things look kind of like ghosts, but they also seem to have some sort of physical manifestation to them. And no offense, but I'm going to step back from the chat. Um, in any case, uh, these things are going to board the train and attack. Us or just him? Looks like they're coming for anything that's in the way. I'm not going to get in the way. I'll say you have a. I I, I uh, turn to him. And I say you have a choice. You, you can deal with your problems now, or get rid of your burden. And I'm taking a step back. Helps there. Don't get too close, Wilkins. Well, he starts. He starts crying and screaming. Please, my friends, help me. We're trying to. Um. These things start stepping, they start leaping off their horses and landing on board the train. And they're basically swinging swords. Um, Question. Yes. I thought on this particular train, um, nobody can, like this sort of thing couldn't happen. Yeah. What makes you think that they're real? I don't know. We're, we're seeing them, so. <laughs> well, they seem to be in some way a manifestation of Karakov's guilt. He's got a lot of guilt. You stay um, back, Keith. Make sure you stay well back, Keith. Um, Henry is there, and some of the tentacles are trying to push these things off or get them off. And you can see they're like ghosts. The tentacles are moving through them. But a few of the soldiers swing their swords at the tentacles. And when they do, you can see Henry is reacting as if he's being hit by something. All right. Well, we're not going to let these things hurt Henry. I'm an, I'm an aunt. I'm going to sit for a knife. Um, so you guys are going to fight? Is that what you guys are going to do? I do I'm my best. So I'm going to try to fight. Would, 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 would that really help him, though? I mean, isn't it... Isn't it isn't it war yeah. and fighting that, that, that caused this mess in the first place? Shouldn't he be trying to make his peace with them? Well, perhaps you should help him by trying to convince him of that. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm checking on, on Henry. Okay. Asking him, what, what can we do? Uh, it, it seems to be able to attack the, the, the train, and it seems like you're, you're being injured by this. So He doesn't know. It's never happened before. But somehow... Karakov, he thinks that Karakov is somehow doing this, whether intentionally or un unintentionally, of course, but he's he's got a lot of guilt. <laughs> look, look here, this is this is your doing. This is your, your this is this is your guilt, this is your legacy, this is 
that the, um, the war and horror you've inflicted has caused this, fighting this won't help us at all. Raising raising arms against this won't won't allow you to to make peace with this. You have to make peace with them. You have to ask them forgive for forgiveness. All right. Well, I need you then to do what the heck. I need you to do. Where is it? There it is. Um. Do you have psychology or psychoanalysis? Um, I have psychology. Um, try to roll that to see if you can convince him to make him see his own way. Oh, I have failed by three points. Okay. Do you want to push it or? Um, use luck. Um, I'll, I'll use luck. I think, yes. Use three of my valuable luck points. All right. Um, as you, as he begins to think about it, the soldiers on the outskirts of this whole thing begin to fade. Um, what does somebody else want to do? Uh, I, I'm going to be protecting the group. If, it, if one of them tries to get to Dr. Keith or one of my companions, and I try and defend myself with the walking stick. Okay. But apart from that, if they're leaving the group alone, I'm not doing anything. You find that it's impossible to do anything to these, whatever they are. However, mm. when they swing their swords at you, you can sort of feel it as it passes through you. And I want to say that it is, that happens to pretty much everyone. It'll do one hit point of damage at the most. Okay. Maybe a, a small sanity loss, maybe? Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to the sanity loss. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> the train begins immediately to speed up. Um, that's probably Henry's doing. And when it does you sort of start to leave the Cossacks behind. Um, Frank, you look out at what you saw before, and coming through the mist behind the train, you can see the, the, much, the, the bird, the giant birds, and they're much larger. They've gotten much closer. Um, but then something even stranger happens. Along the side of the train, there appear a number of Cossacks with large ornate guns. It looks like cannons. And it looks like they're going to fire them at the train. Um, you can see uh, Karakov shaking. I will yell at him. Deal with this man. Wait, Come to terms with this. Talk can, to them. Can't Speak you see this is hurting Henry? 
gets down. They're going to fire with his fucking gun through. They get down. Um, he seems... Perhaps he's mentally damaged at this point, okay? Um, but you do seem to realize that talking to him is the thing that you need to do to stop this. Somehow he is using dreaming to create these illusions. Maybe you can use dreaming to fight against them. Come on, yeah. Dawkins, step to the plate. Oh, boy. The now pressure's on you now. <laughs> After the last time. Now I'm going to roll 99, watch. Um, <laughs> what would I do with dreaming? Is there... Okay. Um, I don't know if I can do this or not, but I will try to create some sort of shielding around the train using dreaming. Mm. Oh, I missed it by one. I'm not sure that would have worked anyway, but you could have done it right around a couple of people. What about luck roll? Or spending a point of luck, would that help? No, in this case... No. Okay. Let that happen. But, um... All right. The, the cannons fire, and one of the cannonballs hits the pavilion that you guys are standing on the platform. It hits the ceiling above, and large chunks of it just shatter into a million pieces. Um, I shield uh, Dr. Keith as much as I can. Right. Um, go ahead and do a dodge roll, and if you miss the dodge roll, some of the splinters hit you and do one point of damage. Yep, I missed it. Right. You also Good notice control. that when that happens, Henry collapses. Oh. How much damage do we take? Just just one point of damage from the splinters. All right. Um, Ouch. I'm going to try to use Dreaming again. Um, and you said that no um what can i do with dreaming that's that's the that's the question like can a hedgehog spines can i create mm -hmm. like a cannon to fire back at these things try or that. maybe okay Tortoises. i think somebody needs to try to sure. wade uh karakov that these are phantoms and my thing just quit on me i can try and i make it 40. Okay. You actually create a cannon, and uh, it just appears in front of you with a torch in your hand. You hit the little thing, and it fires a ball, uh, cannonball back. But I it say, also, can we do that? It, it also disappears right after I fire. Right after I do it? Yeah. Um, you're so surprised sure, that it actually man. worked. The, the, the I'm surprised as well. I never knew we could do something like that. Frank, uh, are you going? To, you're going to try to persuade him. Um, I used the word persuade, but I was hoping it would be a psychology roll again. Go ahead and do the psychology okay. roll. Because I have zero. <clears throat> yeah, right. Zero. Oh no, ninety-four. Ooh. All right. Well, he's. He says, he says, I just don't understand. How is how am I causing this? I'm going to try and make him look by yelling something. 
bring that in because I've only got 10% okay. at least. You never know. So, 17. No, I missed by seven. I, I, have, a, I have a theory. Okay. Mr. Karakov. So I could spend seven luck. We, we, are, we are in the dreamlands. We, we, this, this entire environment is, is shaped by the collective dreaming of who knows how many different life forms. Surely then you have to realize that, that, that it's possible for your guilt and, and, um, oh, what does Freud call it? Um, the, the, your subconscious to manifest as these things these are your nightmares do you see these are your nightmares they are my nightmares he says if you can if you can come to terms with them if you can accept what this is can you do a psychology role on him again or a persuade uh 22 that would be a success in either of those things okay um he looks up at you and he looks into your eyes and you can see a sort of a a recognition of you might be right it might be true that might be a way to go and just as that happens one of the cannons fires and the cannonball heads straight for rupert but it passes through rupert like a ghost and no damage is done i say did you see that and, and the train the train once again begins to pull forward away from the, the cannons, they can't keep up any longer. Um, uh, you look back, uh, Frank, once again, and you can see that these gigantic birds, these Shantak birds, that the wizard is on the back of one of them. And they are now approaching even closer. They're, they haven't gotten, they haven't caught up to the train yet. It needs a good old anti-aircraft gun. That's what we need. Well, then finally, Karakov is lying there, and he says, "But, but what if we're, what if we're, what if, it, what if I'm wrong?" And as soon as he says that, you can actually see a submarine begin to surface somewhere outside in the abyss, right off the the platform, and uh, train its uh, its guns towards. Uh, do submarines have guns? Yeah, they've got a deck. He gun. does. They have a deck gun. It, 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 yeah. It's turning its guns towards uh, towards the train. Don't you don't you see when when you accepted my my contention that these things are your nightmares, given form in the dreamlands. Twice uh, you accepted that, and and they faded away. It's your own doubts, your own doubts and fears of what is causing them to come back. Go ahead and do one more roll. Psycho uh, or persuade. 63, no. No, my, my persuasion is my persuade is the is the better of the two at fifty. Okay. He he's he's holding his head and he's shaking his head. And all of a sudden, you hear the strangest noise coming from towards the front of the train and suddenly flooding into the room. 
are grats. And the first thing you think of is his trunk broke open and the rats are coming that were inside. Um, now, almost simultaneously, two other things happen. You notice two creatures. They look vaguely human-esque, but almost, almost like a classic devil or demon. Um, all, they're all black, except that they both wear masks. One wears the comedy mask and one wears the tragedy mask. They suddenly appear through the kitchen and out onto the platform. They're tall, they're black, they're, they have no, well, they have masks on, they have wings. They suddenly fly out from the train and try to stop whatever is going on. Um, Elizabeth and Rupert, you might not recognize them, but I think Frank does because they were up in the front of the train. Yeah. Unfortunately, when that happens, when they go out to try to defend the train, they're no longer doing their jobs in the front of the train, and you can feel physically that the train is slowing down. Right, right, because it feeds the train itself. You need to get to the front of the train to feed it. I'm oh, starting yeah. towards the front of the train. Right. You, remember, yeah. how, you remember how that worked, right? All right. Well, Rupert just said that he's going to go. I know, but I mean, Rupert, if I don't know if he's seen. We can say that Rupert saw it too. Okay. All right. All right. So, so Rupert's going to run forward to try to feed the train. Yeah. Um, let's, let's deal with that really quickly. You know right where to go. You go right up ahead. Now what you're going to have to do is scoop pieces of the creature out of its body and throw it into the big mouth. I am going to okay. need you to do a sanity for that one. <laughs> All right, so just one or two damage. You're just kind of freaked out because it's weird. Yeah, it's a bit weird. But, but I the train, the, you, you find that you have to do it rather furiously in order to get the train. Want, to is it, always wanted to do this. Um, all right, so back to the others. Um. Uh, almost simultaneously that the rats appear and start coming forward, the cats appear in the other direction and immediately go on the defensive. Their arches back and they run forward and start attacking the rats that are all around. Now Karkov is lying on the ground and the rats have now run forward and they're all around his body. And, and Dr. Elizabeth is managing to not be freaked out, I guess, by the by the rats. Beastly things. Um, but the submarine tries to fire on the, on the, on the, the, the uh, beasts. And while it seems for a moment that it does damage, Karakov is coming to his senses. He's starting to realize that what you're saying is true. And He's just, this is a manifestation of his guilt, and he just needs to face it and change change what he's done in the world. And uh, he looks at you like, I think you've saved me. And as he does that, the submarine fades off into the background. Okay. And the rats 
also begin to fade away. Um, the cats stand around you triumphant. And that's about the time that the Shantak birds begin to catch up. Um, the roof above you has been damaged. Uh, Henry is injured. Uh, it would seem that any damage taken by the train is also taken by Henry. So he's bound to the train. Um, hmm. the, uh, the sorcerer is now swooping down uh, with his red flaming eyes and his black countenance. Where's Madame Bonneval? Um, you have not seen Madame Bonneval yet. She didn't get off in Serenia, did she? No, she did not. I wonder if these are the same sort of hallucinations that Karakov's dealing with. Now, well, the Shantax, now, well, I'm not sure, so sure about that. In this case, the Shantax, these look, these are, are ginormous birds. Um, they look seriously large enough that they could do serious damage to the terrain. You know, these are, each one of the birds is comparable in size to one of the entire pieces, you know, beasts. Wow. Um, how many are there? Um, you can't count them because they're flying all around on both sides of the train. Good Lord. And, and this uh, wizard seems to be commanding them without words just you know somehow magically commanding them um the night gaunts if you haven't figured out that's what they are uh the two night gaunts immediately go flying out and attack one of the birds and that distracts that bird um all of a sudden one of the hatchways on the platform opens up and the madman uh, has broken loose because the uh, the train is no longer able to keep itself from being distracted by all of this. The madman runs out, and you see him just cackling madly uh, as he climbs up some of the, the stuff and begins to run along the top of the train, just laughing hysterically. Um, another platform, uh, another piece of the platform opens and Guillaume comes out to see what's going on. And when he sees, he immediately makes a strange guttural noise. And one of the Shantaks comes flying back towards him. And he reaches out and takes a piece of the, the shattered structure that most resembles a spear. And, and and tears it off, and he leaps just as the Shantak grab. I mean, I'm sorry, not the Shantak, the Night Gaunt grabs him, and you hear him yell, "Vive la France!" as he <laughs> uh, as he immediately goes flying out towards one of the Shantak birds to fight it off. Um, you guys realize that. Um, 
your vantage point here is is not so good that it would be a fairly easy thing for you to climb up onto the roof of the the train at this point. All right, I'll do that. All right. When I get on top, I will unsheath my my sword. Very shortly, the Ibians also join you. Um, they had remained on board the train. Um, Yes, I, I'm. I'm going up to the the, the roof too. I'm. I'm. I'm, okay. I'm. I'm damned if I'm going to be a coward in my own dreams. Karakoff has now come to his senses, and he's grabbed his sword um, that he always carries. Um, one of you can hear Maronimer yelling that he wants to join the fight. Uh, he has he has a bone to pick with the wizard. Yes, but well, we can't stop him, can we? Um, uh, I guess actually he's not restrained any longer either. Yeah, because uh, the the train can't. The Shantai bird's now attempting to attack the train. And um, um, in, inspired by um, Doctor Dawkins and his cannon. Um. I, I would I would like to uh, attempt to see if I could manifest um, as a historian. I would like to see if I could manifest a ballista. Mm. Good man. All right, with a big uh, like a scorpion, the big uh, cross. Scorpion. Mm. Scorpion or scorpion? Yes. All right. Go ahead. Ninety-seven. No, you, I have you, manifested you, you, a small you, slingshot. Yeah, you manifest about a model of one about that big. Um, uh, all right, so you guys are climbing up onto the roof of the the train, and these Shantak birds are flying around. Some of them have tried to land on the on the train and tear into it. Um. I would uh, let's let's just go down the line really quick. This will just sort of be a generalization of your, your battle, but um, let's let's say Rupert. Um, I'm shoveling. Oh, you're shoveling. That's right, you're shoveling. Mm -hmm. um, all right, Frank. What are you going to try to do? Now you you do realize that one possibility would be to get the other. Uh, night gaunt and uh let it carry you out to attack one of the shantak birds well i'm at a disadvantage because i have nothing for a weapon um zusha also appears and strangely enough she uh she has in her hand that little ballerina uh statue mm -hmm. She's beating the crap out of those Shantak birds with that. Mm. When they come near her, she's just whacking them with it. And it's working really well. Oh, I have just realized I've still got my golf club. <laughs> That's true. Is that your totem? That's true. No, I was yeah, practicing yeah. my golf out on the, uh, yeah. Yeah. on the deck. You've got your golf club. Are we nearby? I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said, Simon. 
his clubs would be very close by because he was practicing. Yeah, he was. He has them right there. Yeah. In fact, they make very good weapons. Maybe a couple of the Ibians have grabbed them too, and they're swinging them at these yes. monsters. Right. I'm. 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 I'm having. I'm having anything that comes near me with with my driver. Okay. Um. All right. I do have another idea. Go ahead. Uh, it's a long shot. Karakob, having mm -hmm. just experienced what you went through and you were then able to control it and make the cannons and submarines and enemies disappear, are you able to resummon them and control them to attack these birds? Um he the 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 very prospect terrifies him of bringing okay. them back so all right yeah he thinks that he might be free of of that even though he never threw anything into the gulf maybe that's the exact thing that he shouldn't have thrown anything into the gulf um go ahead what do you what do you want to do well if there's any extra golf clubs maybe i could borrow one yes, Dr. yes. all right so you've got a golf club as well okay um i would like you we'll, we'll just do it really quickly i'll have you all do uh dodge rolls no okay no not me i take it okay those of you who oh yeah I, yeah actually rupert didn't need to so those of you who didn't make it was that you too, Dr. Theo? Yes. All right. Basically, what you guys are doing is battling with Shantex. They have landed themselves right in front of you on the on the train, and you are swinging your thing, trying to beat them off. Um, not that I, I meant that in that way, but you're, you're trying to beat them off the train. Um, and, and one of them... Uh, one of them actually knocks uh, Elizabeth down, okay? And when that happens, you, you, you notice now the wizard has been on his Shantex sort of hovering there, flying along, um, commanding them to attack. But all of a sudden, Madame Bonneval appears. And she appears up on top of the train. She's climbed up and she says, Leave her alone. And when she says this, the wizard, of course, turns towards her. And he starts flying at her. Um, every, this, there's mayhem going on everywhere. Everybody's still fighting. But you see Madame Bruja. And she says, she holds up her valets, her heart-shaped valets. And she's like, this will never be anything that you ever have in your possession. I deny it to you. And she throws it off the train. And when she does, the wizard swoops down on his, on his bird and he catches it in his hand and tears it open and there's nothing inside. <laughs> <clears throat> and she just cackles at him. <clears throat> and he wheels back around. And she says, Jewish. she says, is, is this what you're looking for? And all of a sudden, she sort of puts her hands out like this, and she rises up into the air. She's floating above the train. 
and her countenance, everything about her begins to change. She looks older, more emaciated. She becomes the old crone and her, her hands are withered and her fingernails are long and unkempt. And she suddenly reaches down and she tears open her own chest. You hear her ribs cracking as this happens. And as she's cackling, you can see this flood of red light suddenly shining out of her chest. And she reaches into her chest and she pulls out a ruby about the size of a baseball that is uh, shaped like a heart. And the ruby is glowing. Okay. The wizard screams and begins to dive down and she's like, you will never have this. And she flings that towards the abyss. And as the wizard flies down and catches it, the wizard flies back up for a moment of triumph that he's got it finally. And you suddenly see his hand burst into flame. And he screams and you can see his, his, his whole arm is immediately on fire. And she is cackling madly at this point. But you also notice that when she tore herself open, she is now also turning black and beginning to, to burn. And she says, you she screams, you fool. She says, all of this time I have baited you. She says, the stone burns the dead and he bursts into flame as he's trying to let go of this stone. And she also bursts into flame. And at last he starts to turn to ash. When he does, the stone comes flying down and it lands right in front of Frank on the top of the train. It's glowing, okay? Um, you see her suddenly fling herself off the train and into the abyss, and you hear, hear her yell. What is it that she yells? Death is stronger than life, and hate is stronger than love, and she cackles as she falls into the abyss. And as soon as the wizard is dead, the Shantak birds scatter like scared birds. Like they don't know why the hell they're there in the first place. And everything comes to, uh, starts calming down. Goodness gracious me. Wow. Um, Couple questions. Frank, what are you going to do? I will pull out my handkerchief, wrap it around the ruby, and pick it up and put it in my pocket. Okay. It is a big, heavy thing. So you've wrapped it up in a handkerchief and you've stuck it in your pocket. All right. Not, um, not secretively. I'm just right. picking it up. Yeah. Um, Henry is badly injured, uh, I'll, but I'll you can use. You can actually use dreaming to heal him if you want to. I will try that. 
and no. Um, this is my nine. Okay. Anyone else? Um, well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to try, but on the, the previous um, form, um, I have a, a, a terrible feeling that I'm going to do this and I'm just going to manifest a small sticking plaster. <laughs> 39. Oh, do you know, I've missed it by one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps a little. <laughs> good, good luck. Go on. You, you fix his clothes. <laughs> they straighten up a little. It's the thought um, <laughs> uh, Rupert, as you're standing there shoveling furiously and you're exhausted. Um, I'm having a time of my life. I've <laughs> always wanted to be on the front of a train. So <laughs> well, I'm, they're, they're, I'm shoveling like there's no tomorrow. And I, I've got a broad <laughs> grin on my face. And I'm, the, having, I'm quite disappointed to stop. Time two, flies the, by when you're the driver of, you're the driver train. of a train. The two night gaunts reappear. And they, they, they come flying back on. They immediately go through the kitchen and up to where Rupert is. And they don't stop you from shoveling. They just stand on either side, like, waiting for you to stop. Uh, and I'll and them back their shovels. I'm having a great time, so I'm going to get a few more minutes out of it. Okay. Reluctantly hand the shovel back and then go and have a shower, I guess. All right. That was um, fun. <laughs> um, you've made an incredibly strong impression on everyone. Karakov feels like when he wakes up, it's going to be different. He's going to to try to make amends for some of the nastiness that he's done in his life. Zusha feels like maybe she should give it a try rather than give up on her dreams, that she should at least, you know, stop the drugs and, and try to, to do what she does. Um, uh, no one was lost um, except that Guillaume, once he was finished, he did what he wanted to do. He let go and he flung himself into the abyss. Um, the madman ended up running down to the end of the train and just jumping. So mm -hmm. he's long gone. What about Moronimer? Uh, Moronimer did his best to fight, especially he wanted to go after the wizard. Um, but Madame Bruja kind of, I mean, Madame Bonaval kind of took that over. Um, but Moronimer has come back. And uh, of course, he's 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 more than willing to go back and uh, uh, face face trial in Uther. How did uh, I know he's not here? But how did Eldridge react to Guillaume? Um, I feel like they had a special bond of some sort. I don't know. Maybe maybe he jumped on the second night gaunt and went out with a a piece of spear and tried to whack at some of the birds and. Um, the the night guns wouldn't have let him go, and if he did if he did fall, they would have immediately grabbed him and caught him before he fell all the way. In any case, the the storm dissipates, and um, you have an honest feeling that something down in the Gulf was watching and approving of your actions, and was infuriated all this time at the wizard and his his attacking 
Henry's train because, of course, they have a, an agreement. Henry manages to pull himself together. It's going to take a little while to repair the train. But after a short while longer, the train comes to rest on a high platform that just floats in the air. It floats in the abyss. And at this point, you have no real, there's no point of reference. There's the sky goes up forever, and there's stars and galaxies and nebula, and down forever, and there's stars and nebulas and galaxies down below you. And, and the sound of the rushing water has long since passed. And Henry says, uh, this, is, this is the place if, if you are ready to throw your uh, totems into the into the abyss. I'm quite tempted not to and see if I can become a train driver. But I guess I better. Well, Eldridge is the first one to throw his, his thing in there. I've had enough of this. <laughs> I throw my arrow into okay. the abyss. I, I stand at the, the edge for a bit, um, contemplating. And uh, Eventually, I, I, I toss my, my totem in there. Okay. Um, yeah. Dr. Elizabeth? I, uh, I, I take out a, a, a battered old Homburg hat and uh, rub my finger across the brim and just gaze at it for a moment quite solemnly and then hurl it into the abyss. Okay. Frank? I'm hesitating. Torn. Come on, Frank. You come this far. I'm afraid it's going to damage the memory of my brother. But in looking around at the rest of you, do I see like, are you all reacting like it's a, a relief? Do you feel good about your decision? I, yeah, I, I'm I, smiling. It's, yeah, it, it feels like a relief. Do I it, Frank. Like they've reached closure. Yeah. As a friend, do it. As a friend. Okay. With that, I'll wind back and throw my snow globe as far as I can. Okay. Well done. Now the weapons dealer guy, is he going to um, he's just going to go back into the real world without, hmm. yeah, he's, he's try, not try, try to talk him into it still. Yeah. I mean, after everything he went through, maybe well, I don't, I don't, I don't think mm -hmm. that's a good idea because if he, if he goes, it, it's his guilt that's it's coming to terms with his guilt. Yeah. And we'll make him a better that. man in, in, in the waking world. We've all had to go through that in one way or another. I don't if envy. He, if he gives up his guilt, I mean, he'd effectively he'd be he'd be a psychopath, right? Well, I just wish he'd be guilty, not around us. <laughs> well, I think no. I think he's I think he's worked through that now. He thanks you profusely, by the way, for talking for for helping him. He thinks you really did help him. That's not a well. problem. Zeus oh, also sure thinks that you really. Saying. Zeus also thinks that you've really helped her, especially Dr. Dawkins being, giving her words of encouragement. Mm -hmm. She's going to try. She's going to try. 
Um, in any case, Henry says, well, then here is where I leave you. Uh, if you ever wish to see me again, meet me in Uther at the cafe. No, goodbye. He says, Au revoir. He says, all you need to do now is walk along that little, little bridge there. And there's just sort of a bridge leading up into the air, and there's a door at the end of the bridge. I um, kind of don't want it to end, really. I hold my hand out uh, to to uh, Henry, and I say it's it's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see you at Night Cafe in the very near future. And he kisses Elizabeth's hand, Madame. Well, it's, you can't really kiss. He doesn't. <laughs> He's covered in a mask. Yeah. All right, so you guys follow along with the thing and you walk through the the doorway? Yes. Yeah, yeah relax. So calmly and gently, as if you were babies again, waking up for waking up after a wonderful nap, um, you find yourself waking up in your cabins. Um, it's still dark outside. Um, you know that this you, you were going from uh, from Trieste uh, to Zagreb to Belgrade. It's a, it's a long 11, 12 hours. Um, but it's it's the middle of the night when you wake. Even up. so, upon waking, I'm immediately going to see if my companions have come back from the same place. Okay, well, let me just get deal with you each as you wake up. So, um, uh, especially Frank. Frank, you wake up. Yes. Uh, Should we need to take headphones off of this? No, no, no. Recall everything, I guess? Do I need to roll for yes. that? At this point, you guys recall everything that happened. Okay. So the first thing that comes to my mind is that I should have two rubies in my pockets. One large right. heart one and one smaller one. Well, you sort of tentatively take your hand and reach down and pat your pat the side of your your pants. And there is a large lump in your pants, and I don't mean that in a pleasant <laughs> way. But wait, wait a minute. There is something hard. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. What kind of dream was this? <laughs> There's definitely something there. So you reach into your pocket, yeah, and you do not find a little ruby, but you do find your handkerchief wrapped around something large and solid. Oh, peak! And sure enough, there it is. Wow. Okay, so I want to show that side because it's sparklier. <laughs> I've been waiting to use this prop for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Um, the question I want to ask you, though, is do you touch it? I think I can't help myself because I want to know it's real. All right. When you touch it, I would like you to do a power roll. Sorry, what? Power roll. Oh, power. Uh, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, two out of 50. Okay. So you're sitting on your bed. You've got your hand with the, the handkerchief and the stone. And you reach out to touch it. And when you do, you realize that it's physical. It's real. It's, it's a real corundum. It's a real ruby. But all of a sudden, this very strange wave of hatred flows up your arm and into you. And, and it's like you suddenly hate everyone on this train. All of these people who are with you are worthless pieces of shit. And you just can't stand anything about them. And it shocks you. And when you pull your finger off, it all goes away. Oh. Well, you also notice. You also notice. I almost forgot. You also notice that when you touched the stone, it glowed. It glowed red. We saw the sorcerer burn up, didn't we? Yes, and she yelled out, "It, it burns the dead." Okay, I quickly cover it up. Yeah, you don't feel anything from it as long as you're not physically touching it. Okay. All right. Um, everybody else, you wake up. And, of course, Rupert, you said you were going to go knock and see if everybody was okay. Certainly am. Yeah. Yeah. Look at my smoking jacket and put my monocle in and put a cigarette in my cigarette holder. Yeah, see the hours. See if I can still remember like I can. Well, very, very quickly you wake every... Well, you don't wake everybody up, but you, you come to everybody's room. Everybody's already awake. They're almost in a festive mood. You guys feel light and wonderful. Mm, yeah. You know, like you've just been to Narnia. You know. I'm going to open a bottle of champagne. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to open a bottle, a bottle of champagne. A good one as well. <laughs> Even you, Dr. Keith, should have a glass. Come on. Or two. Or two. Yes, I will. That's the spirit. Yeah, let's meet up in the uh, common common room on the train. Unless we get, can uh, get a spot of uh, early breakfast or something. Okay. I know it's the middle of the night, but it's morning. It's, uh, it's about, it's about, um, it's about three o'clock in the morning. Um, you are due to arrive in Belgrade um, somewhere around noon. Okay. You know, however, that, that you're coming up to a very short, there, there's short stops along yeah. the way, okay? Um, that you should be heading for one that you're, you should be coming into like Vinkovici uh, mm -hmm. somewhere around 9 o'clock, 9.30. So you've got a ways to go still. That's passport time, isn't it? That's, like, That's yeah, they'll check your passports and stuff. Yeah. There. So what would you got? You guys going to go get some early breakfast? Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah, good idea. Not not I'm to have a kip up. Not to dampen any of the uh, festive mood, but I will share the experience of the ruby with everybody too. Oh, good show. Hey, well, cool. That's gonna be worth a fortune. Well, no. I don't think the queens I, I don't think the queen's got one that big or the king, <laughs> should I say? Well, well good. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Um, you, told us, you pretty much told us. Yeah, I'm going to tell the whole story that when I touched it, I was consumed with hate and anger. So I believe this thing is severely cursed and we must not let it fall into the wrong hands. Yeah, I was thinking that once we get back to America, once we get back to Arkham, we, we bring it back to the society. Yes. There. And at the same time, I couldn't help but to remember Madame Bonneville's final words in that it burns the dead and that perhaps our adventure is not over yet and we may come to need this. Well, yeah. I think we should have our photograph done as well at the next stop. Well, great. I'm sure there's photographers around. We have a group photograph done. Let's send back. Yes. I'm a bit insulted that he doesn't consider me a real photographer. Well, you wouldn't be in it, would you? Oh, that's true. You've got to be in it with us. If you could take the photograph and do it so you're in it with us, I mean... Well, I do think they means. have the remote uh, the bulb. Oh, sure. Right, it's air pressure, a pneumatic. Yeah. I think I could arrange something. Well, set it up. Well, we'll set it up while we're waiting to wait for the stop. Mm -hmm. We're drinking champagne. It's three o'clock in the morning. Let's set up a photography studio. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps you can just set up the the equipment and have yeah. uh, the uh, take the a few snaps staff to to take the snap snapshot. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Well, um, uh, what's his name? John. Is it? The guy with the mask. Henry. 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 Yeah, Henry. Would he join us for a photograph? He's in the dreamlands. Yeah. Mm. Perhaps it's a little difficult to tell the difference anymore. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. I only just got back and I'm still a bit disorientated. <laughs> That flying, oh. that flying city, amazing. Was that anything like your experience when you were flying on the train? Uh, it's out of my control, the train. It's sort of, when you're flying, you're, you're a master, really. I've never experienced that, but that was exhilarating. I'll take you up for flights anytime, old chap. I was thinking of going to the New World, to, to America, to set up an airline business, maybe. Mm. Perfect. But I'll take you off a flight anytime you want. I may have been hesitant in the past, but that uh, that experience makes me want more. Oh, you're perfectly safe. I won't do any barrel rolls or anything. <laughs> no loop to loops. <laughs> And then loops of barrel rolls and falling leaves and all that stuff. <laughs> if I don't do this properly, the wings come off. <laughs> all right. So you guys enjoy the morning, um, early, early morning. Um, however, something happens right about... 6.15 in the morning, you suddenly notice that the train, the Orient Express, is starting to slow down. Now, you aren't due 
into uh, Vinkovici until you know I mean, maybe was... about maybe about an hour. Um, I say, are we efficient? So you look out the windows, so you notice the field. It's dark. The fields are covered in snow. Um, everything's quiet, but the train is slowly coming to a halt. Get my hand going just in case. I'm right, Bloody thing doesn't work. Um, after what seems like oh maybe after a few more minutes, the train stops. Um, uh, after a few minutes, uh, what seems like a long time, actually, the, uh, the chef to train for this train, um, he comes walking through and he apologizes. I'm sorry, uh, Madame, Monsieur, uh, there is a delay. Um, there has been a mechanical problem in, uh, Vinkovici, um, you hear other people on the train grumbling, you know, what's going on? Why aren't we, you know, going to be in? I'll have a couple of glasses of champagne, so I just shrug and smile. He says, um, uh, if you'd like, I will I'll pass out some local newspapers to give you something to do. Have you got an English newspaper? Or so the, the, local, the local newspaper is named Sibalis. And uh, it's written entirely in Serbo-Croatian. Hey, schools, <laughs> Damn. Now, at, by this time, some people have gotten up. They're having their early breakfasts as well. Um, and everybody's a bit annoyed that the train is now delayed for so long. Every <laughs> once in a while, the train moves a little bit. It moves... You think, okay, finally it's over, but then it slows down again and stops. We must be the most annoying group of people on the train because we're all smiling and had a good evening and everyone <laughs> else is complaining. <laughs> and we're sitting there going, oh, I'm drinking champagne. Morning. All right. Um, after about, uh, do you guys want to do anything else? Actually, there's not much to do other than just sit on the train and just annoy the other passengers with our happiness. Actually, I would like to make a toast to Doctor Dog. Good idea. That's a good idea. He, a toast uh, for Doctor Dog. He has impressed me throughout this adventure for stepping up and always protecting. So, I'd like to toast to his honor. A fine chap. A fine chap indeed. I raise my glass. Okay. I shall stand and raise my glass, Doctor Dawkin. You all have, have given me courage inside the dream lens, so. So you have a way around, old chap. You have a way around. Um, do any of you have archaeology? Yes, I do. No, well, one point. I have anthropology. No, not quite the same. <laughs> I know. I know. Let me see if I can get my O one. No, I, I have I have archaeology. <laughs> um, hang on. I have successfully made a role in archaeology as well. Okay, you guys are all toasting and you're enjoying yourselves and you're having a having good good meal. And Doctor Elizabeth, you look down at that newspaper, Sabalis, in Serbo-Croatian. You don't understand any of it, unless you do. 
you don't have Slavonic or no anything like that. But you're looking no, at it, and there is a picture. Hold on, there is. Um, sorry, go ahead. Wouldn't Eldritch have uh, something similar? He knows Russian. Russian. Okay. So he could probably work his way through it, but it would take him a while. Okay. Um, I'm not sure that that's true. I don't know enough about Slavic languages. But right. I do think what they all translate similar roots. Um, um, what you see is a photograph. It, it's, a new, it's an article. You don't understand what it is. But there's an interesting photograph of what looks like an archaeological dig. Um, you can see that there's an underground vault with tools and artifacts laid out on the floor. But you don't... I mean, that's it sort of intrigues you. Is there an archaeological dig going on nearby somewhere here? Is there any anything um, in the picture that looks? Um, identifiable any artifacts or anything? Statue well, reliquary? there do seem to be some things there that just just off handed might be late Roman or maybe you know, maybe from around the year, uh, you know, maybe around the year 1200 or so. Ah. I'm, I'm going to show the others. This. What, do you, what do you make of this? This seems like a, a rather strange coincidence, doesn't it? What's that, Keith? Well, there's, there's this archaeological dig. I mean, I don't know anything about it. All I can see is this photograph. Um, but um, these these um, these things here look, look rather sort of at the same sort of period as the as the uh, the Crusades. What like we were um, reading about? Good question. Yes, it seems, it seems rather odd that, that we should suddenly encounter this strange coincidence. Probably no more than that, but. Um, we, we should. I wonder if we can find someone who reads Servo Croat. Doctor Theo. Yeah, I was wondering. Would any any of the uh, servant staff on the train be able to read this? Um, very possibly. There's also a lot of other people on the train by now, so there's probably you know you notice people sitting around reading the newspaper. Find somebody who hasn't been too annoyed. There's a there's a <laughs> there's a guy sitting in the booth next to you who looks like he's doing the word the crossword puzzles or whatever in circles. Excuse me, sir. Uh, yes. I help you. Would you mind? Would you mind helping us out by translating something for us, please? Be frightfully oh. generous if you could. Of course, of course. I'll what can I do? I'll get up and make room for him to sit next to Dr. Keith so Dr. Keith can explain to him. You are a yes, visitor, I'm, I'm, yes? We, we are, yes. yes. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm a, a doctor of history and I, I, I have a keen interest in archaeology. And I couldn't help but notice that this article here had a, um, a picture of an archaeological dig and I was, I was just wondering uh, what, what, what they'd found and uh, perhaps where it was. Oh, yes. Um, it says this. It says, I... I 
I, I am an English teacher from Zagreb. Um, oh. Let me see. Uh, the Crusader's Tomb Revealed. Three months ago, construction was halted on the Nikolai Pasik School when workers discovered an underground structure while digging a foundation. Dr. Dragomir Morik, an archaeologist from the University of Zagreb, identified the site as a 12th or 13th century crusader tomb. Dr. Morik's team began evacuations. I'm sorry, excavations. My, my English is okay, but it's... You're doing you know. brilliantly. Uh, his team began excavations, and since has no information since then no information has been made public but this reporter has learned through an exclusive source that the crusader's tomb is more library than final resting place the site is filled with documents and treasures looted from constantinople by crusaders from the fourth crusade why would dr morick keep these discoveries secret my source informs me that a prominent Croatian crusader, Sir Milo of Dubrovnik, is connected with this site. Is Dr. Morik himself a crote? Uh, attempting to hide the fact that Sir Miho um, created this tomb to hide treasure he looted during the sack of Constantinople. Is Dr. Morick protecting an old family secret passed down through the centuries? This discovery belongs to the people of Vinkovici, and we hope that Dr. Morick from Zagreb will soon give a full account of his findings. So the dig, is, the dig is in Vinkovici then? Yes. Ah. That is what it says. Fascinating. And it is very strange. It is very, very interesting. The a Crusader uh, uh, tomb, as it says. Fascinating. That's, that's what we thought. Oh, well, I wonder if this Dr. Morick allows to see it. Kind of hurt us to ask, can it? Especially of us being such experts in the field. Is, is there anything else I can help you with? You've been a great. Let, let me get you a glass of champagne, sir. Oh, thank you. Safe, very thank you. No, please, and um, please join us if you wish. You seem to be celebrating, yes? Just good. We're um, good friends re reunited. Oh, that is very nice. So he joins you, and he's he's a fascinating person. He he decides to talk a little bit about the politics of the area that the Serbs. And the Croats are not on good terms with one another. Um, that uh, there's a lot of hostility on both sides. Um, there's also uh, currently uh, one of the things that's going on in the news is um, uh, what what one side calls the welfare war, and the other side calls invalid question. Um, it's a contention that rose between the kingdom around uh, across the kingdom. Uh, around forty percent of the Serbian army were killed fighting the Austrians to a standstill, and the wounded are prominent. There's lots of them. Many Cro Croatian soldiers fought on the Habsburg side and also want fair treatment. Um, so there are disabled 
veteran groups uh, all through the cities, through through Belgrade and Zagreb, and uh, there are uh, there are six thousand disabled veterans um, in in Belgrade alone. Um, and this is the, they're they're not being very well taken care of. There somewhere I might go to. I might try and make a small donation to something like that because I do like to try and help these causes for veterans. Well, it has been a great pleasure. We haven't moved much. You you realize now that it's about eight thirty, and you're still miles away from Vinkovici. Yeah, I think they said they had mechanical problems or something. Um. Well, eventually, um, by slow degrees, the train inching forward every once in a while. It's 9.15 before you actually arrive in Vinkovici. Uh, um, you notice on the platform there are dozens of uniformed police. Um, the chef de train uh, comes out and he makes an announcement to you. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, there has been an incident which has caused an unavoidable delay to our passage. Uh, I regret that you must all disembark. Please have your passports ready for inspection. I say, okay, and my necessary paperwork. Now, why don't you all do listen rolls? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. Dr. Theodore? Can't hear you. Nope. None of you are here. How about Eldridge? How was that Eldridge going? Eldridge hears. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, let me put uh, let me put this in context, okay? You know you're in an area that is extremely volatile politically. You know that there's a lot of prejudice between the Serbs and the Croats. Um, Eldridge says he grabs one of you, or he grabs you guys, and sort of quietly says, uh, "There's been a bomb that's been set off on the tracks. It's destroyed the switches, and they're looking for." Who's who's done it? So Rupert, mind yourself, because they will throw us in prison forever if they right suspect us of having anything to do with it. All right, we can't so be, we're on the train, so we can't really plant a bomb ahead of it. Right. Okay, so what happens is, is you guys all are, you all get off the train, you all queue up, and um, uh, you all have your passports checked and rechecked, uh, and each one of you is interviewed by Captain Velmir Karkunika. Uh, he's a stern and humorless Bosnian police commander. Um, basically, he asks you, uh, have you ever visited the region before? 
Uh, what is your profession? Are you members of the Communist Party? Uh, what do you know about the Lejudi Pravovitsky Voyaska, the People's Justice Army? Are you a veteran? Um, if so, do you have any knowledge of the use of explosives? Um, that's kind of the, the thing. Um, let's just let's just assume that you don't give any suspicious replies, okay? Um, and you don't act rudely in any way. I'm too rich to be a communist. Um, all right. Um, uh, an official from uh, the train company, uh, the Compagnie Internationale de Wagon Lee, which runs the, um, the Orient Express, uh, he comes forward. I apologize. Uh, the train cannot proceed to Belgrade until repairs of the track are made. Um, a process which will take, oh, three or four days. How far away is that big side, Keith? Can, uh, let me finish. Sorry. Um, he, he, he informs you that the track switches were deliberately bombed by anarchists, um, but quickly assures everyone that no one was hurt and the passengers' uh, safety was never at risk. Um, and he just shakes his head and says, these things happen in these parts of the world. Um, a lot of the other passengers are upset. Um, uh, a lot of the, uh, a few passengers, mostly Austrians and Russians, have been detained by the police. Um, you don't know what's going to happen to them. Um, the official, uh, uh, you have, mesdames and messieurs, you have, three options. Uh, you can remain in Vicovici and reboard the train once service is restored. Um, that'll be three or four days. Um, you can find your own way to Belgrade uh, by motor car or, or uh, do something else and reboard the train there. Um, uh, the train that you just got off of uh, is going to return uh, back along the lines. Um, uh, so you could in theoretically go back to uh, wherever and uh, and stay there until the time is. Uh, Vico Vich is a fairly nice little town, but it's a little town. Um, accommodations have been made for you if you want to stay here. Um, uh, you'll be staying at uh, 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 now we're in the place where the names are crazy. Yeah. Lovaki Dvorak Hunting Lodge. Uh, Vinkovici is known for its hunting. There's lots of lots of people come here for the summer and the winter to do hunting. So it's a very nice hunting lodge. Uh, they've the the company uh, Vagunli has rented a whole bunch of rooms where you can all stay at the free at their expense. Um, is that what you guys want to do? It would seem rather fortuitous opportunity to, to investigate that, that local dig site. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. if we if we let him read our book, maybe he let us read his. The ones he found. Um. Uh. Now he says uh, that um, I advise you to once you arrive at uh, Lavaki Dorvac to please remain there unless you are an ex on an escorted tour by the hotel staff. Uh, Vinkovici is likely to be a chaotic place until the authorities catch the anarchists. Yeah. Okay. So at that point, porters unload all of your stuff from the train and taxis arrive and uh, whatever to take you to um, the um, the hotel. All right. Now, before, before you get on into the taxi, I would like you to do spot hiddens. No. So Frank got a yes. Oh, seven. I failed by one point, but I spend the luck point so I can make it if I can. Okay, so Frank and Doctor Theodore. Oh, you don't. You don't need to. As long as somebody sees. Uh, Frank and Doctor Theodore, you are standing there waiting in line. There's of course a line to get taxis, and. Um, you're slowly moving forward. You notice um, a rather lovely woman um, uh, she's well dressed um, but you suddenly notice I mean she's just for for the first moment she's just somebody in the crowd and then she kind of darts behind a luggage rack over there like she's hiding. Um, a second later, and you see her uh, manage to sneak into the ladies' restroom. Okay. But she's doing it in a manner like she's trying to avoid somebody seeing her. I'll, I'll look around to see if there's somebody actively looking, looking for her. Oh, there's lots of people. Everybody, all, you know, everybody's wearing hats and coats, and it's cold. Anybody and... wearing a fez? No, you don't see any fez people. Okay. Um, uh, a few moments later, though, you do see a man, and oddly enough, he's wearing a fisherman's cap. Now, sportsmen in this area are not that uncommon, but most people don't wear a sports hat in a train station, you know, that's an odd thing to be traveling in. It seems almost inappropriate. Okay. But he's there and he's got on an overcoat. And you're pretty sure he came from the same direction that the woman came from. And he's looking around. Um, but you also notice that he's keeping a wary eye on the police. You know, like he doesn't want to have anything to do with them. Probably, probably a communist. Communist fisherman. It happens. Is he old? Um, middle middle age, maybe in his forties. 
you guys want to act in any way or do you just we shall see, continue observing i'll well, just keep it quiet i'll wait for them to do the actions i'm not going to do anything I, 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 I suppose i mean um I'm, I'm the only one who can go into the restroom yeah that's what i was thinking i'm i'm just going to go and powder my nose okay i shall be back shortly all right you go into the ladies restroom and one of the stalls is obviously closed and locked um go ahead and do a listen roll oh 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 yes all right um you are powdering your nose you are purposefully concentrating to see what you can hear and you hear the woman in there you can tell that she's panting she's been running um you can hear her opening what sounds like her suitcase you you can hear the click of her suitcase opening and you hear the distinct sound of somebody loading a gun a revolver you're pretty sure okay The man in the fishing hat, did he seem to be looking for her? Yes. Okay. And he has a sinister aspect about him. Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, just tidy myself up and have a wash and comb my hair innocently okay. at the sink and mirror. Okay. But you, using the mirror to keep an eye on that, uh, on that stall. Well, there's a moment when it seems like she's she's going to come out, but she realizes that somebody else is in the bathroom with her. You also realize, too, that your friends are probably just about up to the taxi. You know, they're in line to get a taxi, so you don't have much time. Um, I'm, I'm going to... Uh... I'm going to say excuse me and then uh, knock on the door. I'm sorry, I'm I'm busy in here. Is everything all right? Yes, everything is fine. Um I'm going to leave the uh the restroom then. All right. Where where is the uh, the chap in the fishing hat? Um, he's in the crowd looking around for her or looking around. Um, you can see that everybody is, is now stepping up to the front of the line. Okay. All of your friends. So they've, they've hailed a taxi just as you, the taxi pulls up for you. The taxi driver gets out and he, uh, he starts putting your bags in. She comes out of the bathroom, and you can see there are a couple of other people in the crowd that are watching her and moving towards her, okay? She immediately looks over at you, and she goes, she suddenly moves quickly in your direction, and she goes, oh, darlings, how good of you to come. And she puts her arms around Dr. Dawkins, and gives him a rather passionate kiss. And she whispers in your ear, 
please let me share your taxi. There are men trying to get me. Oh, my dear, we thought we'd lost you in the crowd. Come, quick, we, we, we were just about to leave. Yeah, I'll say come along, quickly. Okay. Um, I think, okay, well, let's, let's do this. Um, the other men, the men who are following her, begin to close in. And um, they seem hesitant because she suddenly has boistered herself with all of you. Um, but you're pretty sure that one of these guys has a knife. Um, what do you guys want to do? I'm going to stand in between her and the guy with the knife and look at him, letting him know, I know you've got a knife. All right. Um, uh, uh, at that time, you also notice that a small truck pulls up to the curb a little ways away from you, and a couple other guys get out. I'm going they... to shepherd her in, into the taxi. Okay. You guys, uh, let's go ahead and do like a dodge roll. Um, let's have you all do a dodge roll, and we'll we'll say if two of you pass. Oh, three. Oh, that's really nice. That's like two of you Leapt like a gazelle. Dr. Dawkins? A large, middle-aged gazelle. Okay. Um, I'm quite taken aback from, from the, the passionate kiss. Okay. I'm fluttering, you know. Well, Dr. Elizabeth manages very, very swiftly to get her into the into the taxi. However, the guy comes forward and makes a move towards Rupert with the knife. Okay. What you gonna do, Rupert? The knife aside. I, I lost you. Try and strike the knife stick. Okay. So let's he's, roll he's um, let's roll a brawl. Okay. Well, he also misses. So he actually ends up effectively punching uh, like a woman also in the crowd trying to get into, you know, trying it just sort of in the crowd. And she screams and her husband turns around and punches this guy right in the face. Um, and a brawl. confusion to get in, get in to get into the cab. Yeah, and a brawl, a brawl sort of starts, and you hear the police whistles, like you know, blowing. But you guys manage to shuffle yourselves quickly into the cab, and get the cab guy to leave. And that's where we're going to end it for tonight. Uh, let me just say, as we're ending, uh, folks. Uh, we want to do so much more with this show, but it costs us in time and money. Uh, please consider uh, visiting our Patreon account. Just a few dollars a month will help us greatly. There's a link in the description below if you're so inclined. Our players included Mick Swan, Simon Ward, Jeff Wilkins, and Wayne Worthy, with myself as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week. 
with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We are also providing audio-only versions of our show free for you to download from Podbean and iTunes. Feel free to send us comments on the show. We'd love to hear from you. If you enjoyed our broadcast, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows. You'll find links to everything I mentioned in the description below. This is Tom Rayleigh inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Thank you.